1: Good evening, thank you for listening to the Saturday edition of the Nick Luck Daily Podcast. It's Friday the 8th of October and my name's Charlotte Greenway. Well, there's been plenty of talk this week about the result of the arc last weekend, but we'll recap on some of the fallout from that race later on in this episode. This weekend's flat racing is centred around the Dubai Future Champions Festival on Saturday, a festival that we're halfway through and this afternoon saw some impressive performances from the likes of Twilight Jet in the Cornwallis Stakes and Inspiral in the Phillies Mile, whose own quotes of around 7-2 for next year's 1000 Guineas. The feature on day two is the Dewhurst Stakes, for which Charlie Appleby's native Trail is a warm favourite, and will be hoping to crown himself as the Champion Juvenile Colt with an impressive win in this. Hugo Palmer has previously spoken very highly on the podcast about his cult Dubawi legend, who will be hoping to put a slightly disappointing performance at York last time behind him. Jay Mangan gave her thoughts to Nick about how the race might play out on this morning's episode. It,
2: for me, might might well be a disappointment if he gets beaten, basically because I thought we had good two-year-olds in Ireland until he came over to the National Stakes and blew Point Lonsdale et al away at the Curragh. He's physically a really imposing horse. I was very impressed with him that day. Charlie Offerby usually brings uh, quite a good two-year-old to the National Stakes and... For me, if he gets beaten in the Dewhurst, then that really raises serious questions about the Irish horses that he beat at the Curragh. But Bayside Boy, of course, conquered the Queen's horse in the Champagne. Straight answer supplemented uh, uh, after winning the Blenheim at Ferry House. Not something that Airlines typically does, but... I suppose the two Gerlions horses after disappointing at the previous Newmarket meeting. just have a few questions to answer there. And don't underestimate Glanthorn. There's shades of tenebrism about Glanthorn. We haven't seen him since way back at the start of the season where I thought I was at the correct. I thought this horse might win the Coventry. But we haven't actually seen him since. But when has that ever been a barrier to Aidan O'Brien winning a race?
1: This weekend, the National Hunt Racing really begins to get going at Chepstow and Newton Abbot today we saw last season's entry bumper winner Nappers Hill maintain his unbeaten record in his first start over hurdles and his trainer Paul Nichols spoke to Nick earlier in the week about another exciting horse for this year Brave man's game who will have his first start over fences at Newton Abbott on Sunday
3: oh, all this weekend Chepstow weekends always what we see as the start of the you know the winter jump season Actually, we had, you know we had a good meeting we had eight winners at Chepstow. Um, and over the years it's always been a good starting point for us really so when it does crank up as from now yeah. so it's, it's about the same as normal
0: so how many runners will you have say over the next few days
3: I think we got five on Friday, um, 11 on Saturday, five today, and I think another five or six on, on Sunday Newton Abbott. So plenty of runs, probably 20 over the weekend.
0: And obviously the sort of really high profile horse that you're, you're running over the next few days is, is Braidman's Game. who was such a good novice hurdler yeah. last year. He goes to Newton Abbott uh, at, at the weekend. That's kind of an interesting place to start a horse like that.
3: Well, it, it, it's, it's an intermediate chase so it was for last year's novices and this year's novices. Um, he gets a lovely £6 allowance because he hasn't uh, won a chase before the start of the season. And I've won it in the past for several novices. I think Black Court and definitely on. And, you know, the thing about Newton Abbott, good to soft, soft in places. So the ground's ideal. And it's a month away from the Rising Stars, which is his target at uh, Wincan. So you've got to start somewhere. So, it's, it, it, you know, it's... Some people might have raised eyebrows about going to Newton now, but, but it's, you know, why not? Plenty of good horses have won now.
0: Yeah, and do you think we sometimes make a little bit too much of size of horses and what sort of track they they might need or want? Well, look, it's he, two-mile fight. This time last year, he was running over two miles
3: uh, at Tepstow and next to the He's not short of speed. and. He worked really well this morning with a fairly sharp horse. He's not slow. And the thing is, everybody everybody wants to see his horses run more often. And um, it's, you know, if the ground's safe, he, as I said to the guys that own it, he just will have a gallop and run around Newton Abbot, jump and some fences do it at home. And, you know, if he did happen to win, it's a nice prize. So, yeah, let's get him out and get him running.
0: Uh, would you would he, would he be the sort of horse this season, do you think, that's robust enough to take a few races?
3: Well, yeah. But, you know, last year he started off with Chapstow, so it was the same weekend. As he started last year, um, yeah, he was just a big horse like that. You pick and choose your races, and if he goes, and that's a prep race here, goes to Winkans, and then we can decide what we do afterwards. But, you know, as I said, they've got to start someone. It's all experience for him. But, you know, he, he, he carried on all through the season last year, running in town of an entry, so it's not a problem with him, really.
1: The art result last weekend came as a shock to most people, with Torquata Tasso winning at 66-1. to Having been touted as possibly the best race for 10 years, a lot of people have come away disappointed and have put the result down to the heavy going. Because of this, talk from France this week has been that they might move the arc forward by a matter of weeks in search of decent ground. And Nick discussed this with David Yates on the podcast this week, who brought out his very best Harry Enfield impression to convey his thoughts.
4: What's gotten into people? Um, Earlier this year, we had suggestions from various racing luminaries that the Derby should move to July, thereby completely changing its character, whereby at the start of June, we are learning about these these relatively nascent uh, three-year-old cults. And now Olivier Delois is mooting the idea that the arc could move. And and I think that this is purely borne out by the fact that maybe they got a result that they weren't expecting and possibly that they didn't want. But I don't see... Uh, the system as it is works extremely well. Yes, we've had... The last three arcs have been run on soft or heavy ground. That is true. But if you look before those, and, and you and I did this uh, before... Uh, we came on air looking through the arcs this century. Then most of them are run on either fast or good, good to soft ground. There are there are a few of them that have been run on uh, under the conditions that we've had the last three years. Well, it is uh, my own personal view, and I'm in no way a climate change denier. Is that I think it's jumping the gun to suggest that uh, climate change is is to blame for the changing conditions the last three years, and my my view is that things should be left where they are. I, I would I would borrow here, Nick, if I could, from from Harry Enfield's Frank Doberman, and I would say of uh, Olivier Delois, You are an accessible and visible leader of French racing, an impressive figure who is as eloquent in his second language as many British racing politicians are in their first. But if you start meddling with an international patent system that has worked for decades, removing one veussoir so that the whole arch comes crashing down to the ground, I would say, Oi, Deloitte, no!
1: The good news is that Julia Rummick announced on Thursday that Torquato Tasso will stay in training next year and so we'll be able to find out if this truly was a fluke. I was at Tassels book one in Newmarket this week to witness five lots surpass the million guinea mark, with the top lot being a gorgeous See the Stars filly, full sister to star terms from New Park who made 1.5 million guineas. A notable absentee from the purchaser list was Shadwell who recently announced that they would be scaling back their operation and should they leave book two next week empty-handed they may have to rely on their homebreds to run as their only two olds next year. The top colt from the sales was Wardship Downs Colt out of Somi Dar and having followed their preparation for the last six weeks I caught up with Simon Marsh afterwards to get his thoughts.
5: Um, It wasn't a surprise what the horse made, it was a very big surprise Who bought it? Um, And um, he was the most exceptionally nice horse. So we always came here with big expectations that he would, he would make a really good price in the ring, and he deserved it. He was one of the most incredible families in the stud book, and um, he was a beautiful individual. Is a beautiful individual. No, the more surprising thing about the whole thing that was that um, my very very good friend Bill Farish bought the horse and um, I had not one single iota of an idea that he was even interested in the horse Um, and so when Charlie bought him um, and showed me the ticket as to who he's bought him for I I literally couldn't believe it but he anyway Bill has bought him for a a syndicate um, and he will race in England. Uh, Bill is American, comes from Lanes End Farm and um, in America he runs Lanes End where they stand some wonderful stallions like Quality Road. And, um, some, it's been a fantastic farm forever. And um, So what he's going to do is he's going to um, syndicate the horse into 40 shares and um, I think he's going to sell the shares for 45000 or $50,000 each. Um, he said to me today that the demand has been quite incredible of people ringing him wanting to get involved so um, and then hopefully the horse will will fulfill the potential that everybody expects of him and one day might even go to stud but um, no it's it's a really good idea and I'm sure
1: it's going to be really really
5: popular and he might well do it
1: again Sticking with the bloodstock theme, I thought a nice note to end on was Nick's conversation with John O'Connor of Bally Lynch Stud in Ireland about the impact that his star stallion Lope de Vega has had in recent years and his top lot this week made 725000 to Godolphin from Waterman Stud.
0: I'm talking to you at a perfect time really and Lope de Vega unsurprisingly responsible for a huge portion of your good-looking draft this week at, at Tattersall's. He is now mentioned in the same breath as all those global elite stallions. He's also attracted massive interest from, from the United States. Is that something that's in any way surprised you or not?
6: I'm not sure if it surprised me, Nick. Um, his, his record in the United States is is exceptional. And, um, you know, we we've been lucky enough to sell a few nice horses by him to, to America, including Aunt Pearl, who we sold at this very sale, uh, two years ago, and who went on to win a Breeders' Cup uh, Juvenile face And uh, interestingly, that was our second filly that we sold here at Tattersalls to win a Breeders' Cup Juvenile filly, because we had previously sold Cresselium. And uh, we also sold um, Red Rocks uh, at Goffs, uh, who also won a Breeders' Cup. So we've, we've been looking at the Breeders' Cup, and uh, Nova Pina Vega has now established himself as a leading leader um, a leading star in the United States and uh, certainly we get lots of inquiries and visits from um, American breeders and um, we've been busy with the locative. We've had lots of, of viewings from the American
1: clients that are here this week. I hope you've enjoyed this week's recap. Nick will be back with you on Monday morning again from Kentucky. Enjoy both the flat and national hunt racing this weekend. Thanks for listening.